Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Welcome to the program. It's good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Community.toddhuffshow.com. If you want to see some things about the Truth Tour and give you an update and so forth there. Going to be posting some, uh, some things there soon. And it is always, uh, like I said, a pleasure to be here. I want to go through a couple of things today. One of those things is going to be an update on this legislation that, you know, look, the Democrats, uh, they've, at this particular point in time, they've failed with what they've told us they're going to do. They have not accomplished what they want us or what they wanted to, uh, to do. And so... There we go. I was getting I was getting a backfeed in the headphones and now I think I'm I'm good to go here. So anyway, they've they only all they did all they did yesterday, well they passed the infrastructure bill which was a trillion trillion dollars roughly. The 3 and a half trillion dollar monstrosity bill, the tree equity bill as I like to refer to it, did not pass because of Joe Manchin and now Joe Manchin's out there saying, "Look, the top dollar that we want to put on this spending bill is actually, um, what do you say, one and a half trillion. So he's 50, more than 50%. I know we have some socialists listening to the program. Welcome. I don't care what, I do care what you believe. I hope we can persuade you to the truths of constitutional conservatism, the absolute truths of these principles. Um, but I know that sometimes if you've been following the Bernie Sanders the AOCs of the world, there may be some um, struggle with with economics and math, and we're here to help to help with that. By the way, and I love, I'm glad you're here. I'm just having a little bit of fun, but it's over half. They Mansion says it's going to be more uh, cut in half, more than half, right down two trillion dollars from the proposed. Well, that's what was stated. There's some groups out there that say that this package is going to be much more than three and a half trillion maybe approaching four trillion nobody knows i mean we're talking about numbers so incredibly large we're talking about entitlements that and and social programs and an expansion of the role of government unlike anything we've seen in quite some time so these costs of course are always greater than what they're originally telling us just like the jobs numbers do you see that they're an unexpected rise in the number of jobless first time jobless claims they missed it by about 10%. If they miss the 3 and a half trillion mark by 10%, that's 350 billion. 350 billion. By the way, that's the amount per year. Um well, that's AOC was mocking Mansion because she says uh, 1 and a half trillion over over 10 years is nothing. She said is that one and a half trillion a year because now we're talking. And to the socialist left, that's of course 
their dream come true. That gives them more power. That gives you less liberty. That gives you less of your money. That makes the business, that makes the business uh, community have more things to, uh, to contend with. So that at least all we did was extend the, what the continuing resolution that keeps the government open. So take a deep sigh of relief. We're not going to close down the government tonight at midnight. They have funded it for the next few months. And we'll of course, legislate from crisis to crisis yet again as we continue uh, down this, well, this road of insanity that we've taken when it comes to when it comes to the things that um, we've allowed Congress to get away with. And that's really what I want to talk about today. You know, I've been, I've kind of, I've been following and I just, I haven't, we haven't talked lately about covid and what's going on with COVID, vaccine mandates, um, you know, the mocking and the ridicule and the force, I mean, the, the cheering, right? We have people that are losing jobs because they won't get vaccinated. People that are working in healthcare, what is it, New York City's losing, did I see 70,000 healthcare workers and teachers as well? I think it was, maybe it was 20,000 teachers. I've got to confirm those numbers, um, but I've I've read that earlier what earlier this week i guess and people are cheering this people are literally excited about this because they believe those people who are not getting vaccinated are a threat to life on planet earth they believe that if you've not been vaccinated that you are quite literally trying to kill people this this is insane especially when you go back you go back in time what's it now, 18 months or whatever it is, back to March of 2020, right? In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban, who's out there defending um, the policy of the Mavericks to insist that fans have proof of being vaccinated or that they have a negative COVID test within 48 hours of a home game to simply you know, to attend a game. Because, of course, this is keeping uh, players and fans safe. This is to keep the Mavericks from being, you know, tagged as a super spreader event, like the Obama birthday bash. (laughs) Anyway, but you look at this, and I'm reminded reminded of Mark Cuban's reaction when they first got, I've seen the camera, you know, you've seen the, the, the video of this as well, when Cuban got the alert on his phone basically saying NBA games had been canceled. And the game that he was at, I think it was his game may have just concluded. I don't remember. But he just said, wow. He was shocked. He was dumbfounded. Now he's out here defending out here defending vaccines or um, a negative COVID test to enter to enter the arena. By the way, You've probably seen that SEC football has been blamed for, uh, well, they said it was going to cause all sorts of super spreader events. That has not come to fruition. Of course, Southeastern Conference, that's the part of the country the left likes to mock and ridicule and criticize on a regular basis. Those are the folks down there that are too stupid in their minds to be sophisticated enough to be Northeastern liberals and so forth. People that love their football love God. Oh my goodness, that's just a crazy notion for the the radical left. But anyway, so but you compare and contrast with COVID, where we were in March of 2020, when when Dallas owner 
Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban had a look of utter shock and dismay and and mouthed the words, wow, or I can't believe it, or what, or something like that, when he was informed that the, basically that games would be canceled and that the season would be at least temporarily uh, shut down and so forth. That was so crazy back then. Remember, we were told, we were told, we were told 15 days. 15, do you remember this? This is where we've come from. We've come from 15 days to slow the spread because the the Fauci's of the world at the time um, were basically telling us, look, this is this is coming. This is back when he was ridiculing masks as well. You know, it was only a, a political statement or um, just, you know, it didn't do anything back then. That's what they told us. Now, of course, masks are saving lives. If you're not vaccinated, wearing two masks, have a shield, have goggles, protective gloves, you are, uh, again, in some of the radical leftist minds trying to kill people. But that's how far we've come in 18 months. That's how far we've come in 18 months. And I look at the nation, the continent of Australia. I look at the nation, the governments of Australia, and you've seen um, some political leaders down there basically, I mean, they've got, it looks like a Nazi state down there beating people on the streets for simply going outside and, you know, smoking a cigarette or taking a walk. I mean, this is brutal show of, of force, right, in, in the nation uh, of Australia. And you look and, you, and there's, still, there's still cases of this, right? And you just go back in time, you go back to, to March of 2020, and you realize that the truth is we're dealing with a microscopic virus that at the time we knew little about. We've learned things about this <clears throat> since then. Of course, remember people were wiping off groceries, um, people were, you know, being told that the virus could survive on certain services for ungodly amounts of time. I mean, maybe days or something ridiculous. And, you know, that that was the, the major way of, of transmitting it. I, I, I actually remember an article that was saying that you could actually pass the virus when, well, when someone passed gas. Do you remember that? Oz is shaking her head here in disbelief. That was a real thing. We had all these, you know, speculation and but the whole the whole premise of the temporary shutdown, if you will, which again, you could understand in hindsight looking back, uh, or even at the time, just just the, the confusion and the uncertainty of this, and you know, the government does have a concern in the you know public health. I'm not defending the shutdown. Please don't misunderstand, but I can at least see what the thinking was. But the stated premise back when this started was to slow the spread, right? 15 days to slow the spread. And now we're 18 months in, and we literally have people who are cheering, who are cheering when people who do not get vaccinated lose their jobs. We have people cheering when, you know, mask mandates are reinstituted. You have people, I mean, condescending uh, arrogant radical leftists looking at people and saying you're too stupid, you deserve to die. Let's let these folks you know, succumb to Darwinian forces and simply let survival of the fittest take its uh, play its role and thin out the population. It reminds me of Dwight K. Schrute on The Office years ago when he said we need a new plague. There's too many people 
on this planet. That was a joke back then. Back when things could actually be, you know, you could have comedy and understand that that's not a serious character. That's just to have, I don't know, to, to, to laugh at things in life, right? I love The Office, by the way. I was watching a little bit of it. Uh, actually, it's, it's well, was watching a little bit of that uh, last night. Anyhow, but that's how far we've come. And when you look at how much power and authority, maybe as much as half the country, I don't really believe that, that half the country has looked to the government basically to be their savior, to be their God. But there's a lot, and I'm not saying the government should have no role, but I am saying that the role that they've taken, the role that they have played is well outside of anything rational, anything reasonable. We have, and I know it's not the government here, but the NBA, for example, I'm not necessarily a fan, but I do follow this stuff because this, they, they, the government, the media uses the influence of leagues or, or sports and, and Hollywood to, to move public opinion and you look at what they're doing in the NBA, it's nothing short of penalizing, trying to make life intentionally difficult for those players who are not vaccinated. I mean, they can't be with the, the team. They got to, but yet they can play on the same court. I mean, it's, it's patently ridiculous and absurd. They're literally segregating players up to anytime up until game time. And apparently COVID knows when the tip-off's there because COVID can't spread. Because the same guy that couldn't eat with his team before tip-off can suddenly be in the huddle, you know, putting hands in the center, whatever they do in there, you know, high-fiving and all this stuff. That's okay. Going into the low post, bodying up, no problem, because it's game time. But if you want to eat, nope, put him in the corner. If you want to fly on the team plane, put him in the back. I mean, it's literally segregation. And... It is just, it's insane to me to watch how far we've come, how quickly Americans have, some anyway, have been willing to give up their liberty. Benjamin Franklin had a phrase for this. I'm probably going to butcher it a little bit, but those who look to the government for, uh, for security and are willing to give up their freedoms to do so deserve neither freedom nor security. They just, we have a role, and... I was looking at at the uh, you know the, the the Spanish flu 1918 1919 when you look at how long that was around which is between 1 and 2 years I mean when all the dust settles on covid when all the dust settles on covid and when it does actually stop spreading or it mutates into something that is you know it's already from what I can tell less lethal I'm sure somebody out there some censor's going to not like that. I'm not saying that I, again, I don't want, I didn't want the common cold or the flu. I like to feel good. I had a migraine yesterday. I didn't like that. I didn't like that, but just the way things go. And, but to act like, I, to, to be willing to throw away so many freedoms and to cheer, to cheer when people are punished to get them to comply with what the government wants. This is a scary, scary thing. It's remarkable to me how quickly, how quickly people are prepared to make radical changes to their to their beliefs. It, of course, it maybe underscores that folks didn't really believe in liberty and free choice to begin with. But now that now that this is out there, it's pretty obvious to me how many people 
How many people say that whatever the government tells them is the gospel truth? The government has the right to tell you what to do. We got places in Australia that quite literally, quite literally tell their people that if you don't get vaccinated, you're giving up your freedoms. They'll give you your freedoms when you decide to go along and get vaccinated. So, anyhow, a few more things about this. Also, later in the program, I've got an interview with Jay Height that I want to share with you. Jay, the executive director of Shepherd Community, they're doing great things. I like having Jay on because what Jay does and what his team at Shepherd does, they they actually do a a better job than the government at solving addressing some of these social problems, especially breaking the cycle of poverty on the Near East side of Indianapolis. And they do it in a way that makes sense. It doesn't involve the government. It actually, believe it or not, involves things like like choice and actually teaching the, the person who's struggling life skills to break that cycle, help them in certain areas, get back on their feet, not to make them a permanent dependent and so forth which is, in my opinion, the way that we're created to live this side of heaven. And it also um, is, is something that I wish we saw more of in this in this crazy world of COVID, right? I mean, choice still matters. If, if we're going to say that it, that nobody has a choice as to what goes into their body, I just, that's, that's, a, that's crazy to me to think that we've come that far that quickly because folks are, are terrified and they put all of their faith in government. And I'm telling you, for some folks, government quite literally is equivalent to to their God. And the thing is, it's run by people who oftentimes cannot manage their own lives. These people make grandiose promises that sound so good and attractive to so many people. They don't sound good to me, and probably not to you either, because we know that it's foolishness to believe in this nonsense. These are unattainable objectives, but nonetheless, it sounds good and so pleasing to the ear of many people. I got to take a break though. Come back, talk a little bit more about this play, maybe a soundbite here, but I've got to, I took a quick break. Sit tight back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part by our friends at Freegee Auctions, <clears throat> Freegee and Freegee Auctions and Marketing. Website is Freegee Auctioneers with an S. That's F-R-E-I-J-E, Auctioneers with an S.com. Actually, I'm just looking here on their website. They've, they've redone this. You can see actually a whole bunch of their upcoming auctions here. All, normally you had to click on another link, and now they're all they're all listed here. There's another big boy I love the name. Big Boy Toy Auction here in a couple of weeks on October 9th, 10 a.m. Um, a lot of these are live. Well, you can do li- live and online for some of these, online only for some of these. Check them out, freegeauctioneers.com. And <clears throat> you can see what appears to me to be a new picture of the gang looking fantastic as as always, except TJ there in the middle. But anyhow... FreeJauctioneers.com. Be sure to check them out. So I want to play this. Um, I want to play this soundbite. Now this is something that was from uh, I want to say a couple of couple of days ago. We're talking about Australia. Australia. Look, 
this matters because to me, there are, it's just how quickly, how quickly we can see a government and a people be open to having out of control. I mean, this looks like a, a police state in this in the the nation of Australia. So, in particular, here, this is the what is he? The New South Wales Deputy Premier John Barilaro. He's talking to the media, and he's telling the media. This is a couple of days ago, earlier this week, that the unvaccinated in his in his province, uh, province, provinces in Australia, whatever, equivalent to state. Basically, if you are not vaccinated, you're, you're going to be pre- be prepared to lose your freedoms on October, what is it, October 11th, I think, unless you get vaccinated. Here it is. The message for the unvaccinated is, is that you will not achieve any further freedom unless you get vaccinated. Unreal. And a further, further and final message to regional New South Wales. There are parts of regional New South Wales that are currently open. Uh, the 70% roadmap does apply to the whole state. So there will be individuals in regional rural New South Wales who choose not to be vaccinated who will lose their freedoms lose on the 11th of October. So my message to everybody in regional and rural New South Wales is to continue to get vaccinated. We're seeing vaccination rates climb. So if you want to you have your freedom, then get vaccinated. So the reason I wanted to play this is because a few uh, recently, I, I, we talked on here um, about the words from Lincoln's Gettysburg Address of the people, a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And we in this country recognize that we have something special here in that we are allowed – well, no, we're not allowed. We have – we recognize that our freedoms come from God. They don't come from government. So this guy in New South Wales is basically saying, hey, I'm like mom and dad here. If you want to take the car out for the weekend, you got to do your chores. You've got to you know, play along. You've got to uh, you know, play nice with your, your sister and brother or whatever else, and then we'll allow you to have your freedoms. Folks, that's not how this how this works that's not how freedom is set up freedom is not something we are given by the government it is something that comes from almighty god himself it is how we were created to live and this guy's stepping in and trying to interfere with that and it's it's a terrible place to be and here domestically in the united states we have places that are similar to this not not as out of control police state, but I mean, we're quickly moving in that direction, quickly moving in that direction. That's why I applaud those, those governors who have stood up, stood up for freedom, stood in favor of choice. And this, you know, notion that freedom comes from government when we comply is a dangerous, dangerous thing to, I guess, believe right i mean it's truly dangerous it it, i'll tell you what it also lends lends itself towards it lends itself towards the possibility of a social credit score system as well and don't think that they're not thinking about that if you're vaccinated you get points you can you know get access to flights um or hotels this is how it works in china if you wear a mask you get 
bonus points. If not, who knows? They might try to say re-education camps. I mean, I know <laughs> I know it's crazy, but some of these folks, I'm telling you, the radicals out there, they are prepared to do this. They are prepared to quite literally jab you in the arm with the vaccine by force. They are quite literally prepared to say these folks need to be re-educated because they're too stupid to understand that taking a vaccine is going to save their lives or whatever, right? Whatever they want to, whatever they want to tell us. And by the way, by the way, this is what modern universities have turned into in a lot of ways, not every way, but in a lot of ways, taking what kids have been taught in, you know, really conservative communities and just trying to you know get rid of those. If you believe in God, that stops here at the college door if you believe in conservative principles and values, if you believe America is a great place, we're here, universities, I'm telling you, they believe this, you know this, we're here to reprogram you because that's dangerous thinking that has no place in our civil society. We've got to get these things changed. And that's, I'm not saying this, I'm saying that's what they're saying. So, how quickly we can move in this direction terrifying it's it can make one shudder to think what the next the next steps are what's the next thing that's going to happen and think about where our starting point is as far as the government's role and how we must immediately comply so gotta take a break quick timeout probably going to do a really short segment when we come back and then share the interview with jay height you're listening to conservative not better talk i'm your host todd huff back here in just a minute Back, my friends. I always hate doing this to you, but <clears throat> we are long in those first two segments. So, I've got an interview that I've got to uh, that I got to share with you with with Jay Height um, that I want to share, and I just don't have the time. But I wanted to make sure that we took some time to talk a little bit about COVID, a little bit about freedom and liberty, and again, I think it bridges, even though it's it's different in the sense that. What Shepherd Community does is, you know, not related to any of that, and whatever I've said about that has nothing to do with anything they're trying to accomplish, right? They're just their their objective is to try to help break the cycle of poverty on the near uh, near east side of Indianapolis, and so I just I think that choice. I mean, choice is, is such a vital, integral role in our society, in our nation, and. Instead of using force is usually what people resort to when they don't have an argument, when they can't persuade someone. And usually when you can't persuade someone, it's because there's reasons for them not to be persuaded. And calling them idiots or calling them morons or whatever else people like Don Lemon call them is not how you persuade. But they don't want to persuade. They want to force. Major, major difference. So... Going to take a break when we come back, share, um, have Jay Height from Shepherd share, um, again, one of the assets to breaking the cycle of poverty here on the Near East Side of Indianapolis and elsewhere around the country. These are principles that apply um, universally. I mean, they're pretty pretty fundamentally true and, and very uh, instrumental. In, as we've gone through these, you can go back and listen to some of the episodes, but some definite benefits from implementing these uh, these things and helping to break the cycle of poverty. We'll do that when we get back. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. 
It's always a pleasure to have Jay Height, Executive Director, Shepherd Community Center. And Jay has been sharing with us uh, the ways that we can, or that Shepherd is helping, and the ways that we can ourselves help as well, break the cycle of poverty. And there are 10 assets to doing that. And Jay and I have talked about others. Those are on previous podcasts. If you want to check those out, please uh, please do so. But we're on the eighth one to Jay. And welcome to the program, by the way. So what is the eighth asset to breaking the cycle of poverty? It is uh, knowledge of dominant culture. It's those, uh, inter- it, it's, uh, those unwritten rules that we know in life. Culture sets up, and it could be different from where you're at to where I am. How systems function. You know, it's basically how to get things done. So for, for uh, an example of a challenge is uh, a student of ours many years ago at a college gets a notice that she owes this huge amount of money, and she said, I have to drop out. I don't have that money. Some of our staff was able to say, no, wait a minute. No, you need to go ask somebody because we helped you with your financial aid. You don't owe that money. Well, no, I just need someone to come get me. And, and so they she says, who do I go talk to? And said, well, I've, you know, this person, well, I've called and I can't, you know, I just leave messages. And so finally our staff member says, go sit outside the door. When the door opens, stand up and say, Hey, I need to talk to you. I have this issue. You know, and those are things that knowing how to advocate and navigate is sometimes very much taught to us in middle class and, and in more dominant parts of our culture for those in poverty who Poverty takes away your ability to advocate and navigate. And you don't know all of these unwritten rules. My wife, who was trained in college to be a nurse, will still say to me this day, you know, you're the, uh, you're the advocate for your health. That's right. Everyone else is doing a job. You've got to own it for yourself. And so if your doctor says this, you just don't say, okay, you can say, wait, well, do you know I'm taking this medicine? And it's a going back and forth that way of, of advocating for yourself. And so there, there are whatever your setting is here in the inner city is different than even where I grew up in middle-class America in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, there were different rules in my house, uh, and different rules in the world that I lived in than what would necessarily happen to where I live today. And so part of that is we want to teach our students particularly how to be able to advocate and navigate for themselves, to know how to work in a culture that sometimes doesn't make sense sometimes uh doesn't reward you for pushing back uh you know the whether it's governmental programs it's it's this way or no and and we've learned how to advocate well i understand that but could we try this and someone says sure and other folks said well how did you get away with that well i just asked if i could do it well some cultures you never if you're told no that's just it and you just stop and uh, we want to help our neighbors to be able to, you know, own their future. Obviously, it's all in God's hands, but being able to move forward with the idea that I have some control. I'm not a pawn in this world. That's right. And the deceiver would tell us, you know, nothing matters. You, you don't matter. You're, you know, people have forgotten you. He, he's the master of lies. And God has said, you're beautifully and wonderfully made. That's exactly right. So we're talking with Jay Hyde, Executive Director of Shepherd Community Center, um, going through um, knowledge of dominant culture, which is one of the eight assets to breaking the cycle 
um, of, of poverty. I'm guessing as I'm going through, as, as I'm listening to you, to you talk and thinking through some of the others, it's interesting to me how these things all intertwine. We talked about self-advocacy, and forgive me if that's not exactly the, the right term. You can correct me, but, um, you know, just you might be able, I guess, to advocate for yourself at some point, but if you don't know, have a knowledge of, as you say, the dominant culture and know how to advocate specifically or what you're trying to accomplish, you know, negotiate or like you, you, the example you used off the top of the student aid, um, that can certainly hinder your ability, of course, to, um, to, to get out of that cycle. So I guess speak a little bit to how these assets are intertwined and, and codependent upon one another. Well, we build on them. So I, I like to think, and I probably shared this, the whole Indiana Jones movie with the swinging bridge. And mm-hmm. each of these assets are a different plank. And if you're missing more than four of these planks, you really can't get across. And for those folks who are chasing you and you're trying to get away from them, you know, run across this swinging bridge. If there's too many assets, if there's too many planks missing, you just can't do it. And, and that's why we want to move folks to a life of upward stability. And, and it's really built on bringing these together. Part of it is understanding the culture and then what's the action to you take with that knowledge. And so understanding that you need to advocate and push for yourself, but when is it appropriate to do that and when is it not appropriate? Mm-hmm. And there's different rules. There's different rules for you than there is to me. To If I was to go into certain parts of Indiana, I'm not going to know the rules of, of a rural Indiana. But there are unwritten rules about that community, right? That's right. And 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 so it's it's trying to help them, help our neighbors, help our students understand how to read culture and understand it, and then apply that in the self advocacy. Seven and eight go a lot together. So one is understanding it, and two is is taking the action. So in Matthew ten sixteen it says, "I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes." And innocent as does. Mm-hmm. We are foreigners in this land. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm not referring to the United States, I'm referring to, to our um, our world, that our citizenship is in heaven. And so the, as Christ followers, there is a part of this dominant culture that would call us into believing the lies of the deceiver. That's what he whispers into us. And God brings to us this understanding that that dominant culture is going to fall. And that dominant culture, with all of its uh, inequities, is going to be one one day when the new Jerusalem is built. And so our hope in all of these assets is in Jesus Christ, and that's where they're woven together. You're beautifully and wonderfully made in the image of your Savior. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, as you're talking here, and we just have a couple of minutes, but, you know, I'm, I'm thinking there, there's some really, I think, good people out there listening, and and— uh, I'm not saying that this describes any of those folks, but there are sometimes there are people, good meaning people, well meaning people, who say, you know, that person should know that. You know, there's there's no sense in helping someone who doesn't who doesn't know that. But when you're in the these cycles, Jay, the, the cycle of poverty, where every day is about many times survival, getting by. There's not really thought maybe about tomorrow so much as just getting through today. I mean, that could really these are real problems that people just they just don't know about. Is that right? Right, right. Okay, so yeah, ha- I, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so what are some ways that Shepherd 
helps people specifically uh, with the, the knowledge of a dominant culture? How can someone get plugged in if this interests them? Well, I think part of it, one of the things we do is in the summer, obviously it's a little challenge with COVID, but we take students, both middle school and high school students to colleges and help them understand that they can't, they, they do fit in the seat of a college. Then trying to help them and come alongside them and helping them navigate filing for FAFSA. And if there are people who love filling out FAFSA, I think there's probably the only two people in the world who do. <laughs> I think uh, you're right. Not, I wasn't one of them. Me neither. But help, yeah, helping families fill out their FAFSA so their students can get the financial aid that, that has afforded them. You know, I, I had three kids go to college, and I am so glad they're out of college and, and that they are uh, married, and I don't have to fill out FAFSA ever again That's right. in my life. <laughs> Uh, but it's, it's simple things like that, or mm-hmm. or it's helping someone understand how they interview, mm-hmm. and uh, because there's certain things that people aren't. Uh, yeah, those those types of things. I think it, it's helping our students know how to fill out FAFSA, helping them know how to uh, apply for a job, helping them understand what it's like to be interviewed. I think those are all the things that uh, ways that people can help. So if someone wants to do that today if they're interested and say you know what i think that i you know maybe i'm a maybe i like to fill out those fafsa forms maybe i maybe maybe this person interviews maybe they're an hr person you know at their job maybe they're interviewing every day maybe they're a manager of people and can teach i don't know people skills or other things that might help someone who truly has no idea just because of how they've what their life has, has looked like, uh, and they've not been a part of that, uh, being able to learn some of these things. How would they go about doing that, Jay? They would call us here at Shepherd Community, 317-375-0203, ask to talk to Donna. She coordinates all of our volunteer activities. And, and I would just say this, that what everyone can do is say a prayer. Uh, lots of challenges these days in our cities, uh, in our whole country. The hopelessness has taken over, and and so violence continues to grow, and that's really the, the consequence of hopelessness and loneliness. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody may say, hey, I'll call two or three people every week. And I'll tell you, that's one of the greatest things you can do is just connect to people who feel like society doesn't see them. It feels like uh, society doesn't understand or even know they exist. Uh, I saw a commercial that says, hey, you know, we, we want to be seen and that's what my neighbors would say. And so acknowledging that they matter. And, and so there's basic little things just saying, I'll call and talk to somebody and see how they're doing to maybe tutoring a child to helping with FAFSA, helping do taxes during tax season. We provide free tax services to our neighbors through, through the government. And uh, those are just some of the ways that they can help. And we appreciate it. We appreciate your listeners support. Uh, these are exciting days. Um, because we have the opportunity to pour ourselves into so many people. And Todd, we appreciate the continued partnership with you and the, and the radio. Well, I so. appreciate that. And I think you guys do fantastic work. Jay, every time I go over there, whether it's for the TV show or we talk, I learn something. And um, I wish more people were doing what you're doing around the country. And this is a completely worthy organization. Folks, if, if you've been listening to this and feel a little bit of tug in your spirit, don't delay. Reach out to Shepherd Community. They're good folks. They'll plug you in, and they are really making a difference on Indianapolis's east side. So, Jay, it's a pleasure as always, sir. Have a great day. We'll chat soon, okay? Okay, thanks, Todd.
folks i can hear the wailing and crying in the background that's all the time we have for today and for the week but fear not we will be back here god willing on monday it's always a pleasure too and you can listen to older not older that's not the right word encore there we go encore episodes of the program by visiting toddhuffshow.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast also connect with us at community.toddhuffshow.com if you want to see what's going on with the Truth Tour, we've got some things that I think will get posted there today. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. SDGC Monday. Take care.